Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lessons in Life and Love podcast. I'm your host and global life coach, Rihanna Milne. I'm all about helping you to transform your life in all areas into one that you're passionate about. I'm here to help you have emotionally healthy, evolved and conscious love and to also avoid toxic, painful relationships, which are just too prevalent today. If at any time you have a concern or a problem, do reach out to me on my website at rihannamilne.com and enroll in a life and love transformation discovery session where we get to the root of the issues of what childhood trauma patterns you may have that are impacting you in life and love today. Okay, let's dive in, love angels and transformers. We have an incredible guest today, one of my top 10 graduates of hundreds. I love this girl. And her life has transformed intensely, miraculously, and incredibly since she walked into my office. I'm so glad she's here to share her journey with you today. Many of you have met her. She has been in many of my free classes jumping in when I didn't expect it, volunteering to help out and always encourage others from around the world who says she's always available to talk to. She also wants to encourage you to take this step to heal both your childhood and love trauma because on the other side of the rainbow is a fantastic life Sosh is living now. Welcome to the podcast, Sosh. Hi, Sosh. I was wondering if you can tell our listeners what made you come into counseling in the first place? How did you get to know me? And then why later on did you decide to switch over to the life and love trauma recovery coaching that specializes in healing past childhood and love trauma? I actually met you through some of the therapy programs that my job had offered. And I'll never forget walking in and sitting in the waiting room and there was a young gentleman across from me and the the environment was like a typical doctor's office. Yeah, it was sterile. It wasn't how I would have decorated. It was a little little gloom, you know, the typical therapist vibe. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, at this point I had gone through so many therapists and I didn't have my hopes up. And then you opened the door and you, you said, Shoshana, and there you were in the room and you looked over at me and you had like this gleaming look, like this radiant energy. You looked at me with such love, such care. And for somebody like me, really unusual to experience, you know, the first time, especially with a therapist. It was kind of like love at first sight with you. I knew (laughs) that you were going to be the one to help me get through all of the challenges that I have encountered in my life. Yeah, you called me back and we walked into your office and it was very much your vibe. (laughs) Uh, Very welcoming, very loving, supporting environment. But the way that you looked at me and the way that you spoke to me, that never changed. And I'll never forget that moment that that we first met. Oh, Uh, that's really sweet. Such a sincere impression on me. After a few therapy sessions with you, you know, you presented the coaching program to me and you talked about the differences and how coaching might be more beneficial for me and how you could support me. Although I had never made such an investment in myself previously, I decided, you know what, this is what's really going to help me achieve what it is. This is what's going to help me break the patterns that I had recognized in myself. There we were. That was 2017. Yeah. yeah so it was you quite were quite young then. You were about 28 years old. Yeah. And you had just gone through a really hard time with your family and we're still currently in a very toxic relationship, very upsetting. And my heart went out to you. And that's when I thought, oh my gosh, you really need the coaching model. You decided, you know, to sign up at the highest level, which was the diamond six month program, even though you were young and no one was helping you with that. No. When I got home and I, and I called you and I said, Ray, you know, I got to split this into three payments. I know this isn't something you normally do, but I really got to do this. You know, for me, when I looked at what the program entailed, it was a complete rebranding, right? It's yes. kind of like, you know, you can go to the same restaurant, but if they update the menu, it still doesn't change. And if they've got the same chef for me, I needed that complete rebranding. I needed a new chef, a new menu. I need a new ambiance and you helped me achieve all of that. Yeah. We looked at every life spare, your life, how you felt about yourself the family dynamics, the love relationship dynamics, the work environment and where your goals were for your future and your work. And what were your goals as a lesbian woman moving forward in life? Like, did you want marriage? Did you want children? What did that look like? I'm so glad you're on to share your story tonight because it's so incredible 
from where you came and you were even homeless, you know, a few years before you came to see me. So making that dedication to pay yourself the diamond program saying, I am doing this, I will find a way. And you were an excellent student, of course. And then how your life created exactly what your dreams were and you're living that life right now. So listeners, you're going to really enjoy this journey and this story that Sosh has to share with us tonight. What was it you felt that was different than other methods that you had tried before in the past to better your life, yourself, how you felt about things and to help solidify those future goals? What was different so, for you for in coaching? First of all, it was trying to find a connection with somebody and them not really being able to speak, not being able to be transparent about their own journey, made it really difficult to establish that kind of rapport needed to process and heal. Through various therapy sessions with different therapists, it always felt like something was missing. I would leave these sessions and I wasn't feeling fulfilled. It was like, look at the clock, 45 minutes is up, time to go. And it was like, yeah, I'm not done. Like I'm on a roll getting everything out and then it was an abrupt stop through coaching it was me completing the worksheets reading the books watching all the videos and you following along to see how my progress was you know i went from this constant victim mentality of like why does this always happen to me to more of like well why is this happening for me a complete shift not just in the way that i thought about things it was the way that i spoke to people the way that i spoke to myself prior to meeting you, I could never do on camera video chats like this, even one-on-one -on -one or in group sessions. And one of the things that I always struggled with was lifting my head up and making eye contact with people in conversation. Something as small as that was impacted by the program with you. And it really made an altering difference in my professional life, but as well as my personal life. That's excellent. Just so our listeners understand a little bit of the differences between the counseling and coaching models. Counseling has to have a diagnosis, especially if you're using insurance. There's a code that us therapists have to use, and I am still a licensed mental health counselor. So we have to assign a code to you. And everyone goes through times where they're going to be a little anxious or a little depressed. But unfortunately, that diagnosis stays with you forever. So when I started the coaching model up in New Jersey, there were people who were police officers, air traffic controllers, military people. If they had those diagnoses, they could be losing their jobs. So they loved the coaching model that was very private. They were not insinuated as if they were sick and needed a code assigned to them. They weren't a patient. They were a client. So I've always called everyone a client from the very beginning. I said, they're not a patient that is verbally saying they're sick and something's wrong with them. Nope, they're a client going through something. Also, the counseling model processes feelings where coaching is very educational and solution focused. My clients and I, like so, she does the workbook. I read what she says from what she tells me. I go back and teach her what she needs. So we work as a team all the way through. It's very interactive. It's very educational. I'm teaching a lot, a lot of skills. I'm noticing the patterns that are very subconscious to a lot of people. They don't even see it in themselves, but it's my job to see them and then gently correct and teach them a different way of thinking or being or speaking what they're trying to say. And I know later in this tape, we go into a lot of communication styles that you're using now with your wife, Danny. You did so well in totally revamping your communication style. That was incredible. And I felt that difference in many aspects of my life, not just with my family and being able to establish healthy boundaries and teaching them the ways that I like to be communicated to, obviously in my relationship as well, but also professionally. It's carried over in a lot of different areas of my life. I am deeply grateful for that. One of my favorite benefits of the Diamond program was the ability to email you. I've never met anybody quicker with the emails. <laughs> and text. And text. And anytime I had something come up, it was like, Re, I'm feeling this right now. Like, walk me through this. And I remember that relationship that I got out of. You helped coach me through the good luck, goodbye, God bless text. And as painful as that was, I remember sending the text. You called me to check on me. I was crying on the phone with you for like 10 minutes. And then you said, you're going to be fine, sweetie. We've got a lot <laughs> of work to keep doing. 
Yeah. I got off the phone and I said, you know what? I'm just going to allow myself to feel these emotions. Like Rihanna tells me, allow myself to feel in them. Don't dwell in it, but allow yourself to experience it. And then it was like the next day I woke up a new person. Yeah. It's, it's amazing when you learn that, but thank you for bringing that up as a coach in the diamond level, you can text ask me and you do have email access to me. Whereas a counselor, I'm not allowed to do that. As a counselor, I can only work in Florida State. As a coach, I can be international. So that's why you see most of my promotions saying Coach Rihanna Milne, and I may put LMHC afterwards, I may not, <laughs> licensed mental health counselor. But yes, primarily what I do today is coaching because it's so solution focused. It takes you where you are. We heal the past. We bring you up to the present, really looking at all the current issues and problems, working as a team to solve them creating the, the goals that you desire for your future life. And step-by-step, step, we work towards those. And as your mindset gets stronger, we call it going over the rainbow. You learn all these skills step-by-step step, going up the hill of the rainbow. And when you get it and you have the mindset and the communication skills to use the mindset properly, you're on the other side where there is the pot of gold. I just love having Sosh and some of my graduates come back. This is, you've been with me five, six years. We've known each other now since you were a client, but some of my clients date back to 2002 and four and six. And some of the couples that came in through Relationship Rescue are still together all these years later using those skills. So that's why coaching is so amazing. And once you graduate, you're allowed to go on my Facebook page and I get to see your updates and your stories and all the engagements and the marriages and the babies. <laughs> Tonight, Sosha's story and her journey and how far she's come. Hi, singles. Are you really ready to have a love relationship? you're not sure, it's time for you to take the love test. Couples, you're in an exclusive relationship. Do you or your partners have any of the red flags you should be concerned about? Do you think you or they have childhood trauma? Go to RihannaMilne.com and do the free love tests. There are tests there for both singles and couples. If you have any concerns after taking those tests and reviewing the answers, then sign up for a Life & Love Transformation Discovery Session and Assessment. This is a private session with me where I go over your love tests and get to the bottom of where you're stuck and what the next best move would be to get you on your way to having that life that you desire and the love that you deserve. It's time to learn how to move forward to reach all your goals and dreams. Go to RihannaMilne.com, my website, and sign up for the free love test or simply just directly go to the Life & Love Transformation Discovery Session tab. And I look forward to meeting with you to see how I can help you best. Okay, so, so over the six months that you worked with me, how did your life start to change while you were in the Diamond program? I mean, I was going through a lot of painful adjustments in my life. It started to shift with the energy, the people that started appearing in my life, the new friends that I was making, the new partners that I was discovering. I started to date with confidence and with a purpose, making friends that ultimately led me to a partner that I have today. Beautiful. I talk a lot about mindset. Do you feel that your mindset had changed? Oh, absolutely. It was very much in like a victim state. Mm -hmm. Constantly thinking, why is this happening to me? I'm never going to be good at anything. You know, I'm never going to find the friends that treat me the way I treat them, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then that really started to shift. I'll never forget. We went out one time. So this is talking about Las Vegas. Yes. <laughs> in Vegas. Uh, I said, Rihanna, how do you do it? Like, how do you walk in a room? And like, I swear everybody was looking at Rihanna. She's not kidding. The men were literally flocking to her. I am a true testament of that. And here I am following her around. She, like these men that kept coming up to her and she was like, sweetie, how old are you? And one, I'll never forget the one guy. He's like, I'm 26. She's like, you're adorable. I would love to work with you and help you find a, a woman of your age. Next thing I we're like surrounded by a bunch of guys. And like, the best part is I, I'm normally really uncomfortable about being around such masculine energies, but like <laughs> masculine energies love me for me. Mm -hmm. like, that was the environment that you created. And I said, Rihanna, how do you do this? And you're like, you know, you just have to ask for what you want. You have to 
demand what you want. You know, you have to put it into the universe. You have to ask for it and know that it's going to come back. And I said, I'm going to meet some girls tonight. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to meet some girls tonight. And I found two lovely chicks that were on vacation. Remember, they were such a great time. We we're having fun dancing and drinking. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening, Rihanna. And you're like, I know you got it, sweetie. <laughs> it was so fun. It was so fun. Oh. Uh, Shosh was out assisting me. She assisted me in my office after she graduated. Uh, a tech wizard uh, really helped me get a lot of things going as I was going global. I had was speaking in Las Vegas. So I had asked her to come out and assist me there because I needed some help in running the booth. And as I was speaking, running the projector and so forth. So this was just one night that we decided to go out in Vegas and we had a really good time. And we were talking about, you know, how when you have beautiful, positive energy, people are just attracted to you. And she heard me teach this lesson. She said, yeah, 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 okay. Uh -huh. So that's what she's referring to, that she kind of just saw it in motion where, you know, you just walk into a room and people do want to know who you are. It is energy. It's what we call sharing your light. And I talk about this lessons a lot in class and people are like, yeah, really? And it's like, yeah, it really works. So when you have that really feeling great, like you're the whole package and I have an exercise, just say hello. And when you have positive energy and light, people will respond back. So our clients, whether they're straight or LGBTQ, doesn't matter. Once they have this lessons, it's so much easier for them to meet a partner. And then they have the confidence in what we call empowered conscious dating so that they go out and they're not afraid to say hello and, and they are the energy in the room. And it's just so much easier that we become the chooser of the person that we desire to be with. So she's kind of like experience that firsthand with me, you know? That was I was like, oh, this is the secret. Okay, okay. We had a great time. And that, 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 did. how are you doing this? And you're like, it's my glow. <laughs> my glow. <laughs> All right. Tell us where you are today. And, and then things just exploded for you. <laughs> I know, I know. And so 2017 uh, was the year that I graduated from your program. And since then, shortly after completing your program, I met my partner today. We were both seeing different people. We met and I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to practice this dating with a purpose and this level of uh, consciousness and setting boundaries. I did all those things through numerous dates with this individual. It'll actually be six years of us dating uh, at the end of this month since our first date. Today... We are now legally married for yes. Yes, three and a half, three and a half years. We were able to buy a house at the beginning of 2022. And we are actually expecting a baby. Um, yeah. Quite a journey as far as, you know, professionally, I've thrived since then. I've changed work environments. I love where I'm at now. Uh, I love what I do. I love the people that I have in my life when... I was in your program. It was the first time I had lived alone and I had my own apartment and going through and changing so much about myself, I started to attract all of my neighbors and all of my neighbors stayed really good friends with me. Yeah, one of them is doing great. our maternity shoot. The other one is the one that married Danny and I. They've all turned into incredible, incredible friends, it, especially right at the time in my life when I needed them. You know, I was really transitioning and, and turning over a lot of the things in my life. And I'm so excited about the happy baby news that <sighs> Danny and Soj was at my house the other day and we were celebrating and had a nice picture taken together. And I just, again, seeing the journey from you having very difficult prior relationship and all the dreams that you have, like, I really want to be a parent. I really want love in my life. And I said, you'll get it. You will get it. And you did follow all the dating rules uh, that you learned. You were very conscious about your dating. And now it's been, well, I guess five, six years since meeting Dan. And she's lovely. She's such a sweetheart. And they're so cute together. And I'm so excited for the little boo-boo bear that's on its way or her way. You know, we don't know yet. So we're ready to celebrate in a couple months. It's just really a great, great story. 
it wasn't just one relationship. It was every relationship that I was in. And it wasn't just finding that I was attracting the wrong kind of partners. It was also the way that I was in relationships. So it was a cause and effect. Your program is very, very different. And a lot of times people don't realize it, but we end up looking inward as much as we look what's surrounding us and we make all of those changes. So it wasn't just the one relationship for me. I had mentioned at the beginning of this meeting, it was a pattern. I had lost three jobs. And every time I lost one of those three jobs, I lost a partner and I lost three different partners. Why did I have this continuous habit? And it was a self-destructing pattern that we were able to uncover. So was the two, not having the, the right partner, but also the self part of it that wasn't lining up. Self-journey. Yeah. I don't want to say too much. I wait for you to share it, but yes, there definitely are patterns that people have and childhood trauma is no one's fault. I want to be really clear on that, but it is up to me to uncover the patterns and help you to see them because we cannot change what we don't acknowledge or understand. And I was in the exact same place when I started to do this research in 2011 and 2012. I couldn't understand why I was attracting the type of partners that I was and that I had childhood trauma. And even though I was a therapist and I had a triple master's and was quite smart, I graduated summa cum laude, the top of my class, they never talked about childhood trauma. Even as a therapist, I didn't know this work until I had to do the research myself. And that's what made it like, oh my God, this is the answer. This is the answer to what I'm doing. And someone in my other clients are doing it and nobody knew. So that's when I started writing the books, Love Beyond Your Dreams and Live Beyond Your Dreams. And then there was so much research. Love got up to 400 pages. And then one's about mindset, Live Beyond Your Dreams, from fear and doubt to personal power, purpose, and success. And then love beyond your dreams is break free of toxic relationships to have the love you deserve. And that was the stage I was in when I was writing it. I had broken free of a toxic relationship and needed the love I deserve and wanted to know how I really could get that. And then I just then wrote the notebooks, which are now 130 pages. I just updated this week, the DTM dating to mating program, I just rewrote, re-edited that whole book. It is a fantastic workbook, but now brand new off the shelf for an August edited edition, which I'm really happy about. And it's just really exciting to see that research put to work and helping people like Sosh and all ages from 16 to 76. I'm going to have our oldest member on this week on a podcast, Bob, and he's been in his relationship since he left my office as well. So people are there. Well, even my married couples or exclusive couples that sign up as a couple, like, well, how do we know this is going to work? I'm there. It just does because you yeah. learn so much and you're practicing these skills. My couples have been together since I've been doing these type of coaching skills since 2004 in New Jersey, 2006, like Karen and Raj and Tony and his wife. And I'm just thinking all these couples popping into my mind that now they're together like 16 years. You have the skills to communicate through your issues as well. And that's really important. It's very difficult because you're learning to let go of the reins a little bit to trust a process that you're unfamiliar with. The best part is having you there throughout the entire process. So you don't just help okay. identify these behaviors, these ways of thinking that are disempowering, right? You help empower to change the thought process, to change the way that we communicate, the way that we present ourselves, the way that we carry ourselves physically. But what I love most about it is that you help us to communicate new boundaries and expectations going forward. Uh, and those are conversations I've had to revisit so many times since your program. Uh, as you know, the relationship of my parents, we just had a, a quick little reset <laughs> so also, prior to your program, I never would have been able to hold my head up, look somebody in the eyes and speak confidently, not driven by emotion, but rather driven by a purpose. I never would have been able to do those things without going through your program. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Communication is key. We call it an empowered communication here. And I hear a lot of coaches talking about you have to be vulnerable to share your feelings. And I don't feel that way. To be vulnerable is means by definition to be weak and susceptible to attack. 
and then you're attacked and then you, you yell back or you fight back. No, empowered communication is you are confident to share your feelings, your needs, your desires, and to recommend something new and different, whether it's to a partner or a family member, but you're also doing it with loving kindness. No yelling, no screaming. It's firm, but it's loving and kind. So it's a whole different communication style that nobody taught us. And when you really have the art of this, and so you have demonstrated this so beautifully that I've seen you do this over the years since you've graduated, it really does become your new norm. It, yes. it becomes your way of being. Yeah. The way that Danny and I interact with each other, it's funny. One of the things that we had talked about in your program was not using the words always and never. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that that chapter. And I'm not sure if he kept it in the, the current programs. Oh, or yeah. Not. I didn't take anything out to sad. Oh, that was the best part. <laughs> Don't say never or always. So when we communicate with each other, Danny's never coming to me and saying, you never do the laundry. It's, hey, I've been feeling like I've been doing more of the laundry and the house chores recently. Is there something that maybe I can do to help you to help me get these things done in the house? So the way that we interact with each other and the way that we communicate with each other really changes. And we actually put a little twist on it. We practice a safe word in our relationship. And a lot of th people think, you know, safe word has a lot to do with, you know, sexual sexuality. <laughs> But we have a safe word for our communication. That safe word is really important. My wife is Colombian, so Spanish is her first language. And my father is Venezuelan. So I'm used to growing up with somebody who English isn't their primary language. And what comes out of their mouth isn't always exactly what they're feeling or maybe what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed that Danny would sometimes say these really deep, hurtful things. And I'd say... It's not okay to say it. <laughs> and she's like, well, what, how else do you want me to say it? And I had to teach her the way to communicate with me, how I wanted to be communicated to because of my past, my relationships and that, you know, the experiences I've had with my family in the past, the way people would interact with me and speak to me would oftentimes really upset me. Mm hmm. Oh, I would have to teach people the ways to communicate with me, those close to me that that I allowed in very intimate parts of my life, emotionally, spiritually, etc. So we have a safe word in our relationship. And so every time we're going to communicate something that may come across mean or hurtful or judgmental, but we just need to say it to get it out. We need to allow ourselves to feel it. Right. We always use the safe word. So she looks at me and she'll say, Buddha, don't be upset. <laughs> Buddha's our safe word. Yeah, I like it. And she says, Buddha, but I feel like you've been really lazy this week and I've been doing everything in the house. So it gives her a moment to feel and express what she's been feeling. And it allows me the quick mind block to not take what she's about to say and interpret it personally. That's and great. So I love it. Out in public and she just drops the Buddha on me. <laughs> I love it. I always say so should be one of my coaches and hopefully one day she will be because she's fantastic at teaching. And one thing about this method is once you've got it and learn it and in all of my trauma work uh, as a CCTP, they say about six months to really get it down. And the diamond program is six months. So by the time you're done the diamond program, we really have the system down, but you're always practicing. You're always learning. You're always refreshing your mindset but our clients learn to talk as a team. What is best for the team? We call it team language. And we often use a pet word like, hey, hun, could you do this for me? Or could we do this more together? So you're always looking to work as a team. But I love the idea of the safe word as well. And very often, like it's human nature to take things personally, where someone else is expressing their feelings. But feelings, we learn, are not facts, but they are still important. And we need to listen to our partner and recognize that this is what they feel, but it may not be the absolute factual truth to what is happening, but we still have to consider it and then work as a team to fix it. Exactly. Acknowledge it. I love that. That's like the tea break, so right? You learn the therapeutic break, which we call yep. a tea break in coaching. If either one is feeling anxious or heated, you just say the tea where it's like, I need a tea break and it's respected by both. It is like a couple rule that you just stop talking 
and you separate. And then there's other exercise you do in your mindset so that when you come back, you're now working as a team to discuss the issue. And that has worked very well for a lot of couples. I will speak about that. Somebody who I had the the fear of abandonment was a big driver for me. Yeah. And had this partner that didn't have a fear of abandonment that had no problem up and going. When we would practice this method, we actually had to sit down and set expectations for each other and find an end period because she could go for three days, like without talking, taking yeah, the right. process. Yeah. And it wasn't more, you know, for her, again, it wasn't more of a punishing perspective. It was really taking the time to understand and marinate in her feelings and understand what they meant. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was here sitting anxious. Oh, is she going to come back? Is she over those, all those toxic thoughts? Yeah. So we had to find a middle ground and I had, I'd say, what do you think is a reasonable time for you to process your feelings where you don't feel like you're being controlled to come back too quickly, but at the same time is going to meet me halfway and, and know that I have a, an end point where we are going to continue this conversation. Yeah. Over time, it started pretty far. And we said, you know what, by the end of the day, by the time we lay our heads on the pillow, we would have had the conversation. And those have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. And so now Danny and I can have a moment. And within two minutes, she'll turn around and she say, you know what, I'm sorry. I apologize for being this way. Vice versa, I do the same. So it does become a second nature, the way you communicate, but also, you know, being able to set those boundaries with people, give and take. Yeah, it's kind of like learning a second language. It is. It's learning a whole new way of being, talking, feeling, how you express yourself. And that's why it takes time. As I always say, it's not a fluff course. It's it's one that will change your life. That's so good. (laughs) Great. I love that. Many people go into a passive aggressive state, which means shutting down and not able to talk about their feelings for one to three days. That's common in a lot of my coupled relationships. And that's because they didn't feel safe to express themselves when they were young. There could have been a yeller in the house, a yelling mother, a yelling father, or if they tried to speak, they were told they were wrong or stupid or whatever. So they were really afraid to speak or to yell too much or say something that was damaging. That's another habit that we break and teach safety in relationships. And as you said, so to apologize quickly and forgive quickly, because we're not looking to have battles with our partner. We're looking to have a loving relationship and because you're not going to keep the marriage or the relationship, which means you lose the war, right? So we don't want the war. We don't want the battles. We just want to come to a negotiation and understanding and finding out one to two things that's for the good of the couple. Do you have the mindset for success? Or are you feeling frustrated in life or your career? Or stressed you can't find love or happiness? Hi, I'm Coach Rihanna Milne, and I can help you turn your pain into your purpose and passion by using my Mindset for Success system. Learn the Motivational Mindset for Success coaching system that has helped thousands of my clients over 40 years and it can help you too. It's time to create the life you desire and to have the love you deserve. Okay, what words of wisdom would you like to share about the dating process in general? There's so many into hookup culture in both the straight and LGBTQ community. And how do you work around that? And what did you do differently post-graduation? I know you touched on it a little bit, but you have other specific guidelines in dating. Yeah. One of the things that you had this rule that you would encourage, right? A yeah. certain amount of dates before, you know, allowing yourself to be intimate with a person. I said, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to try this. <laughs> yeah. Of course you told me I was crazy. I do remember that part too. Rihanna, you're crazy. <laughs> a lot of people say that they're like, no way. No, no, no. You got to know if your partner is right in bed before you continue dating. And it's like, no, absolutely not. When you establish those long lasting emotional and spiritual connections, what happens in the bedroom, whether you do it at the beginning or in the middle is going to be the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to feel deeper. I have that deeper connection. And what did you do differently post-graduation? I would meet people with a purpose and it had to be a mutual thing, a mutual effort. Like, okay, okay, you can't get together. I understand you have to reschedule. No problem. The next time, maybe I'll need to reschedule and we'll see if you're still committed, equally committed to this. I'm not going to make myself readily available for anybody at any time, all the Mm -hmm. time. So I went on a lot of dates. I met a lot of different women, but one of the things that really helped me determine if 
it was something that I should progress through was when we went through our list of non-negotiables and the things that we weren't, you know, that I wasn't going to compromise on and the things that I absolutely hands down needed in a partner. You know, for many of, of my fellow animal lovers out there, your pet means the world to you. And my dog Riley meant everything to me. And so for me, it was really important to find a partner that was going to love my dog the way that I love my dog. Somebody who's going to be excited to take them to the beach with us, right? Yeah. Or go on all these adventures. And so I quickly realized through dating that some of these partners turned into fantastic rescue partners. I made so many friends through this that we were going on dates and we realized connection wise, we don't have it. You know, like you're not my type physically. I'm not yours, whatever it is, but we have a, a, a great mutual understanding, a deep emotional connection. And we were able to, you know, save a lot of dogs together. But then on the flip side, I would meet some of them and it'd be like, whoa, just the way that you talk. I learned very quickly the things that I was willing to compromise on and the things that I was not willing to compromise on. And the more that I went on dates, the more that I learned, it was something I could actually compromise on. Uh, or if I needed to add more things to not compromise on. One of the things that I encourage to, to anybody who's gone through past trauma in their life or bad relationships, right? Toxic relationships. Allow yourself the time to heal. Allow yourself the time to feel. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do it alone or independently. You just have to ensure that you're not bringing that same behavior and punishing the people around you. I was coming out of a, a really bad relationship at the time. And for me, it was really important that I not punish people for the actions that people in my past had done. And if I really wanted to find something different, I needed to try something different. And so that's exactly what I did with Danny. Mm -hmm. We got to know each other very well. We went on many dates. You know, she would talk to me about, you know, the, the, the guy she was seeing and the other girl she was seeing or whoever she was seeing. And I would mutually talk to her, but I still set my boundaries. And there was this actually this one time I didn't feel like I was a priority anymore. And I said to her, I said, you know what? I'm not going to continue to make you a priority when you show me that I continue to be just an option to you. So I have this woman that's been anxiously waiting to meet me for a few weeks now, and I've been putting it off because Mm -hmm. you and I have been so involved and we've had so many plans together, but I'm actually going to go and meet her right now. I'm going to give her the chance to get to know me. Mm -hmm. Uh, She at least deserves that. I got up and I left and Danny was very upset that I left to go meet this other woman. And Mm -hmm. that it was very hard to do, you know, granted that Look, look at where we are today. You know, I've been walking away from the woman of, of my dreams of my life. But if I didn't set those boundaries for myself and know my worth, I couldn't have expected her to. Exactly. I couldn't have told her to make the decision to stop talking to other people. I needed her to make that decision on her own when she was ready and I was equally ready. And so the communication piece between us has always been solid. We are best friends. And that's I it. I love that. Relationships ha- happen with your best friends. And that's that's the truth. That I love because that's one of the, the five F's of our ongoing sustainable relationship is what we call foundation of being best friends first. And you did take your time. You had to be really consciously aware about taking your time. And I know that wasn't the easiest thing for, uh, for you at first, but then you jumped right into that. And you did a great job of it. That's one of the pieces of advice that I have. Allow yourself to heal, allow yourself to feel. And just because somebody else's pain is what punished you doesn't mean that you need to continue to punish yourself. Right. And you've got to not take that forward. That's really important as well. So that's part of the healing when you come to coaching is taking the time to just love yourself more. So many people it's like, can I date now? It's like, well, I send you out psychologically when you're ready. And I say there's an art and psychology to dating successfully. And the first thing is taking the time and having a great trauma recovery coach to work with and then getting your self-love back, looking at your life wheel. What is it I want for myself? Taking the time to really working on you because relationships take time. If you're, you need to grow a business or change a business or you're doing something else that takes up a lot of time. That may not be the time to choose a relationship. So you just date. And that was the time period where you were just doing a lot of dating. And then you're like, okay, I'm ready now for a relationship. 
Now I'm going to be dating with more purpose and intention because I want something solid. I want something real and I'm ready, you know, and you went out psychologically. I am the whole package and I am ready to be a great team player. And that's yeah. a big part of it. Of my time. We met in July. First date was at the end of the month. We didn't have any intimacy until October. Like, yeah, that's the great oh, long time. Good yeah, girl. No, no holding hands. No, you know, kisses. Good night. None of that. <laughs> you, you really exceeded the ninety-day rule. I, I was committed, and I said, <laughs> "I'm something new." People think it's crazy, but you know what? If if you see, you know, that there's potential with somebody, continue to demand what you deserve. Demand what you deserve doesn't mean you go and verbalize it to somebody. It means that you you carry it through in your actions and your mindset. In your mindset, you know, Danny was the first one to come to me and said, you know what, I really like you. And I said, oh, I know. And most people would say, well, why wouldn't you tell her that you like her back? I said, because she's not deserving of that information at this time. She's still involved with other people. I made the decision to stop seeing other people and, and you know, commit myself exclusively to her, though I had not communicated that to her. Mm hmm she needed to do on her own and she was the first one to say I like you I have feelings for you and then she was the first one to say I love you and every yeah. time my response was I know and I never said anything back until she was deserving of knowing that information she and was truly ready to be ready. the committed partner yeah. yeah and then you were right there that's wonderful so I mean I had a question here did you carry the mindset for success skills into other areas of your life obviously it worked incredibly in love for you and you're very strong and very empowered that's what we call empowered and conscious dating where else did you use these skills in relationships with my family most recently I uh, had a situation come up with with my parents and it's a very delicate one I had a conversation recently Danny and I are married we decided to take each other's last names. So we continued both names out of appeasement more so for my father. She wanted mine. I wanted hers. But anyway, we ended up with both. So now that we're pregnant, you know, both fathers are like, who's going to continue the family name? It's a lot of pressure mm. for us. Right. I'm one of three girls. My father got lucky that I turned out to be gay, but you know, he knew from the beginning, the family name wasn't going to continue. Why it's such a big deal to him. I don't understand. <laughs> We've been having a lot of these conversations about it. And I had finally made a comment to my mother. I said, you know what? It is so difficult for me. It is so painful for me to hear this man fighting about continuing the family last name when he kicked me out of the house for being gay, when he told me that I was a disgrace to the family and he knew it was all in my head and that I should have went to therapy a long time ago. A man whose family was very much not involved in my life at all. His own father, when my grandfather came to live with my parents from Venezuela, they used to keep an outfit for me at the house to change into that was more feminine. Oh boy. And I had brought uh, one of my partners over to meet my grandfather and they said, don't tell him who she is. And I said, you're asking me to hide who I am to a man who lived through the Holocaust, who's familiar with hiding who they are. Mm. I challenge them all the time on these things. And two weeks ago, the conversation came up again. And I told my mother, I said, you know, I'm really tired of this pressure for the name thing, the pressure for the religion and all these other things. I said, you know what? I'm very clearly communicating boundaries to the two of you and you keep finding ways to try to override them. There's unsolicited parenting advice that continues to come out. Mm -hmm. And I understand that my grandmother was the first one to hold me in the hospital, but back then there was, you know, 3 billion less people in the world and probably a hundred thousand less diseases. Please respect the fact that I don't want anybody holding the baby in the hospital. We, Danny and I don't want anybody holding the baby in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So my mother did the whole guilt trip story with me and telling me about it. And then I realized, you know what? Okay, fine. I can compromise on it, but it just didn't sit right. Yeah. These past two weeks, we revisited that conversation about him, my father fighting over the name. You know, my mother always said, my children come before my husband that you would think, yeah, but, <laughs> but where's the actions behind those words? Because when my father kicked me out of the house for being gay, you weren't mm. there. You kept sending my sister with food to where I was staying and extra food to school to give to me. Where were you when this was happening? She said, oh, no, no, no. Your father never kicked you out for being gay. I said, yes, he did. And she goes, why did I know nothing about this? All in the same day, she called my two younger sisters. She found out my father kicked me out for being gay. Then we had a conversation with the two of them on the phone and she did the same thing. Your father never kicked you out for being gay. <laughs> he said, I never kicked you out for Collective being gay. Collective memory. Literally. <laughs> I said, you know what? 
just because you don't recall it, you don't recall it happening or you deny it happening doesn't change the fact that this was my reality. This was my painful right. reality. So nothing you say, nothing you do is going to change these things that have occurred in the past. We have worked on our relationship immensely. They are fantastic today, but every now and then they have those little hiccups. Yeah. You know, we can't change the other. We can only change how we interpret it. Funny, in the exact same conversation... My father said in front of my mother, well, how was I supposed to feel? You know, do you know what it feels like when, when your child comes out and tells you they're gay? You know, I had dreams of walking my baby girl down the aisle and all these things that, you know, a father expects with their oldest daughter. And I said, I was 18. Was it my responsibility to be responsible for your feelings? Yeah. Through your program, I never would have been able to handle these painful conversations and address them and set the appropriate boundaries with my parents again. They're finally able to even open up and talk about it versus denying it, though. You've kind of been waiting for those conversations for a long time. I'm at the point where it doesn't matter how much of those conversations I bring up, how many different scenarios I bring up. I think the end is always going to be the same with them. And so I have a choice. I either accept them as they are. Right. And move forward, or I choose not to accept mm -hmm. who they are and, and the relationship here. And I realized in my journey, Rihanna, it is more painful to not have my parents in my life right, than it is to have them out of my life. It's a lot easier to accept them as they are and be able to stand up for myself, stand up for the things in my past, my realities that have happened. Right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's, it's been a lot easier to deal with those things than to just completely remove them because just by joining a program, I had only recently reestablished a connection with, with my parents. I had not seen them or talked to them for about three, it was a long time. Just before joining your program, we had actually, you know, rekindled and we were working on the relationship, but really at that point wasn't doing anything. We were spinning our wheels in mud. And yeah, dad was still in denial a lot. You know, yeah. mom, mom has had come around, but dad was difficult and you were just trying to keep the peace and start the conversations. But now you're able to really speak from your heart, but you're doing it in a loving and kind way to the point where he's finally feeling safe enough to say what he was expecting. Well, I wanted to walk you down the aisle. He had yeah, this picture, you know, these expectations. And we have to be careful about that. Our expectations don't mean that's going to be the reality. And as I assist other younger people, LGBTQ people to come out to their parents, you know, I said to the parents, it's not about you, your life and your expectations. It's about your child. They need you to accept them as they are. Love them as they are. They're still amazing young people. Get to know them, get to know their heart, their soul and assist them and love them and support them where they need it. And you can have a fabulous relationship for the rest of your lives. It's a journey and you've done really well with that journey, even though it was a really difficult one for you. You come out so young. I did struggle with homelessness and all these other things uh, amongst it. A, a very common theme amongst the LGBTQ is very much like you say, not about the parents' expectations of the child, but to the same effect, if there's anybody out there that's struggling with coming out, I want to challenge you with this bit. There is so many people that came before us that fought for our right just to say, I am gay, I am a lesbian. There are so many people who lost their lives and riots and who were shamed, publicly shamed. I mean, this has been years. Yeah. And we're kind of dealing with something similar now, but I always thought about those people. And I said, you know, these people had such courage. If I continue to withhold that I am a lesbian, I am doing a disservice to all the work these people before me did. Yeah. And I, I don't want to live like that. Yeah. I don't want to live like that. So if there was one person that I needed to make proud, it was Harvey Milk. It wasn't my father. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Great uh, story there. I know there's a whole biography on him in Netflix, but you know, our world needs more love. It needs more peace and understanding open heart to love one another as we are. Stop the judgment, stop the pain, open your heart to learn who is this person. You know, support each other's journeys. Families need to love one another more 
you know, don't put those expectations if you're a child on the mother or father needing to be the perfect parents and parents let the children go their way, their journey and try to support them where you can in that journey and enjoy their their goals, their dreams, their aspirations. We all do need more love. Oh, I love your message today, Shosha. It's fabulous. And if I wrap this all up, what final words of wisdom would you have for our listeners today? You have this very unique, very special saying. How does it go? <laughs> it's time to create the life you desire and to have the love you deserve. Is that the one you mean? Yes. Yeah. Be proud. Allow yourself to love. Allow yourself to feel. Yeah. Thank you, honey. You know, I love and adore you. You know, I'm only a few miles now away from you, which is fabulous. You know, we're going to get a phone call when that little baby comes. You're on the text list. Uh, <laughs> we have that photo for the, uh, for the audience. There you go. There we are. Pretty Danny in the middle with the baby intact. Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple more months that we're waiting. And the nursery is ready. And I wish you much love and many blessings for your new little angel coming to be. And I am here for you always. And it's true. When we work together, we become family. Whether you're down the street like Socia's in Delray and Boynton Beach, or you're halfway across the world. I am here for you. I love hearing your journeys and your stories post-graduation. Don't be a stranger. Once they graduate, all my coaching clients are allowed on my Facebook page. And that's how I know their stories are continuing and their anniversaries keep coming and their babies keep coming. And I love it. You know, it's, it's such joy to be able to help people. That is my purpose and my passion. Thank you for listeners being a part of the Lessons in Life and Love family and helping to change the way the world loves. So with that, let's do a sign off. Okay, love angels and transformers. That's all we have time for today. I want to thank my lovely, adorable, like my child, <laughs> so my another daughter that I have for being our incredible guest today. I appreciate you sharing the love and sharing the show link with those you love and care about. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show and give this show a five-star rating. And always you can email me through any of the websites, a topic you would like to hear. Remember, you can always reach out for help during the week at my website, rihannamilne.com, where you can find the four free loves tests, the free ebook on how to have the love you deserve right on the homepage. Get the first 60 uh, pages of our books, Live in Love Beyond Your Dreams, and then download. And you can also access the podcast there. On YouTube, I think I have 350 tapes right now. Feel free to download those and enjoy those for free. Because as always, we are here to help you create the life you desire and have the love you deserve. Have a very beautiful and blessed week. Thank you, Rihanna. Thank you, sweetie. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. If you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a session with Rihanna. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.